history of Nelson Ediago. Be stirred as you listen. So, it is true as following God's word that as true as it is that miracles exist, we must be ready to suffer for him. You see, I think for many, many, for a large um, chunk of the church in Nigeria and in places where there's relative comfort, somebody might say, what is comfortable about Nigeria? Go to Sudan. Anyways, because of relative comfort and maybe lack of hostile persecution, we are very laid back um, if you read books like Fox Book of Martyrs which some people in this room have not finished reading if you read books like Fox's Book of Martyrs and no no if I say some people I'm, the people I'm shading know themselves if you read books like Fox Book of Martyrs if you read the book of Acts if you read um, I think there was even a book about the Holocaust and then someone was praying you know while they were on a queue to hang them and then someone asked he said he was the guy was praying and they still hung him and then someone on the queue now asked where is God in this and then the guy behind him said that's him they're hanging and then uh, I think he's one of these uh, new atheists either Beth Ehrman or someone that quoted this and he basically was saying that to say that God is dead or Richard Hawkins I can't remember he basically was saying that to say that God is dead but jokes on you if we're going to use that story to mean anything what it will mean is this in the midst of our suffering God is not exempted he's there you see the thing is this eh? many times we want to choose how God delivers us and I was teaching this I was saying sometimes God can deliver you from trouble and many other times or some other times he delivers you he's with you in trouble I remember going through one of the hardest times of my life and the Lord told me the Lord basically showed me that you can go through fire and not smell like it the three Hebrew boys were thrown into fire and as they were thrown into fire God did not scoop them out or God did not just block them no God could have done like Philip and just made them disappear. Guys, please pay attention. Some of you, your minds are not here. God could have made them disappear. But that's not what he did. What God did was God, the fourth man was in the fire. So he was with them in the fire. Are you guys with me, please? He was with them how? He was with them in the fire. I'm probably saying this for someone who has a heavy heart and is been saying, oh God, when will you come true for me? Sometimes the answer is not always you shall fight your battle. Um, I will fight your battle and you shall hold your peace. That's not always the answer. Sometimes he's even in the fire, he's there. So while God delivers us from trouble, be rest assured. See, faith in Jesus, faith in Jesus is not exempted from troubles. Faith in Jesus is is in spite of troubles see how people in the early church despite the fact that they were killed and they went through very brutal things for his name's sake they still held on to their faith in Christ amen to God amen. as true as it is that miracles exist it is a reality that we suffer for him it's real why because we live in a what in a fallen world a lot of people want to be in heaven now in terms of the want to be in a, because we live in a fallen world there will be problems there will be troubles are you guys with me there will be troubles because we live in a fallen world with fallen men there will be problems as much as I believe that God provides we must not be afraid because there is provision to suffer lack for him there was a time in church history where being a Christian meant that they would take all your property from you. What then happens if that happens? You, will you still be a Christian? A lot of people, when you see them pray, you begin to wonder, who is the God in this relationship? 
He said, Father, if you don't change my life in six months. Now, I heard a man of God do this. I may not, may not do it. May. Because it sounds harsh. The lady came to him and said, Tell God that if he doesn't give me a husband in six months or so, I'm going to backslide and I'm going to fornicate and everything. And the man just said, God just spoke to me now. He said, You can go, he will miss you. The thing is this we overestimate our importance. Yes. Because we have internet access and data, we can always tweet what is on our mind. We think that the world revolves around it. Well, I bring you good news. It does not. God protects, but there's provision to die for him. When you believe the gospel, listen, it stopped being about you. It became about him. Let me say that again. When you believe the gospel, ah, this is sounds special. When you believe the gospel, it stopped being about you and it became all about who? him. Why? Because he bought you with a price. He bought you with a price. And because you have been bought with a price, there is the one for whom you live. He died for you. Therefore, you do what? You live for him. He died for you. Therefore, you do what? You live for him. So, I want to show you a verse of scripture very quickly. Revelations chapter 4, verse 11. Revelations chapter 4, verse 11. He says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Revelations 4.11, like a mass choir. Some people are just opening it. Wait now. Revelations 4.11, like a mass choir. One, two, go. Everything God made was for him. Are you guys with me? Everything God made was for him. Your relationship with God cannot be about you. Your relationship with God cannot be about you. Listen, because he is Lord, everything you are has to be all for him. He said, for thou hast created, for thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are, and were created. See, the way, like I usually say, the way to live life is according to the pattern of the one who gave life said. That's the way to live life. If we live life any other way or we live life contrary to the pattern that God said to live life we are not being wise I tell you why the Bible says he is the what all wise God okay so living life according to his pattern is a show of wisdom if we subscribe to his dealings we are being wise if we subscribe to his plans we are being wise he created all things for his pleasure. Therefore, life and living has to be about him, not about us. Are you with me? Yes, sir. It has to be about... You see, in scriptures, there are prophecies that are spoken. I mean, there are overarching prophecies. You see prophecies like... Um, the scripture basically tells us that Jesus is coming again. That one, there's nothing you will do that will change it. He's coming again. Um, the... You see things like, you know, Jesus died and then there was blackout. Scripture said, scripture said it was going to happen. So, the truth of the matter was this. It does not matter if you had a wedding day and you hired prayer warriors to say, you know what? Today, the sun, good weather, good weather, good weather, good weather. As far as it had been spoken, that sun, that, that day, it will go dark. Because the death, the blood of the son of God touched the ground. There is something that is higher than your prayer point. It's called God's plan. And that's why better... Let me, let me, read, it, let me read it here. That's a, God's plan is bigger than your prayer points. That's why greater is the points from prayer than your prayer points. Prayer is a tool to align to God's will. 
a lot of people think prayer is bending the hand of God. He said we are going to move him with our prayer. See, a God you can move is not the maker of the heavens and the earth. You don't need to bribe God to act. He's the one that created all things. He's the one that there is no future that exists that his plan has not already surrounded. Look at this verse. Isaiah 46.10 Isaiah 46.10 He said, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Look at verse 11. He now Calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executed my counsel from a far country, yea, I have spoken it, I will bring it to pass. I have proposed it, I will also what? Do it. Do you know what this verse is saying? It said that he will execute his counsel. Verse 11 now tells us that he can call a man, a ravenous bird from the east, to execute that counsel. So what this verse tells us is, as far as it's God's plan, it will be done. Say, as far as it's God's plan, it will be done. Say it again, as far as it's God's plan, it will be done. And that's why through scriptures, you just see people who are aligned to God's plan. They are aligned to God's plan and then there is such a supply and support from God, believer and non-believer. You see, um, someone said this very importantly. He said, faith is not moving God. Faith is moving with God. Faith is not moving the hand of God. Faith is partnering with God. Kenny Hagin said something very important. He said faith begins where the will of God is known. If you don't know the will of God, you are not engaging faith. You are deluding yourself. Guys, are you here? I need you guys to respond to me. Are you with me? Faith begins where the will of God is what? Is known. When the Bible tells us in Genesis 15 that the truth that um, God speaking, he said, I have heard the cry. If I let's look at this before I even this is this was the prophecy, the fulfillment was in Exodus. Genesis 15, he said, And he said unto Abraham, No other child, I will send your no other shorty that your seed shall go into the land of strangers, they shall afflict them for years, but then they will live with great substance. Exodus 23. He now said this. Very importantly, look at this. Exodus 23, 27. He said, I will send my fear before thee and will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come. First of all, you need to understand, the children of Israel were not, they were not people that were full of faith. They saw miracles again and again and again, but they still, um, they still, uh, what's the word? What's the opposite of faith again? They still doubted continuously. After all the miracles they saw, when they got to a new obstacle, doubt would be introduced. But the Lord spoke to them in Exodus 23. He said, I will send my fear before thee. I will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come, and I will make and I will make all thy enemies turn thy backs unto thee. I will send hornets before thee to drive out the Hevites, Canaanites, and Hittites from before thee. I will drive them out from before thee in one year. Lest the land become desolate and yada 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 yada. I will set the bounds from the Red Sea. So God was speaking to the children of Israel. The miracles that Israel experienced was not because of them. Are you aware, please? The miracles that the children of Israel experienced, it was not because of them, it was because of his plan. God had already spoken that his or God had already proposed that his Messiah was going to come from the tribe of Israel. And then from a from a tribe within Israel. So in preserving Israel, it was not about them. It was about his plan. Guys, are you with me? In preserving Israel, it was not about Israel. It was about his plan. And that's why when the Bible says that, he said that he heard their cry. He said, my people, I have heard their cry. Are you aware that that cry he heard was not prayer? It was yay. When they flogged them. He said, I've heard their cry. I'm trying to turn our minds back to understand that when it comes to miracles, miracles are not for the sake of miracles. God is the only being in the entire universe that is allowed to be self-centered. Why? Because his self-centeredness benefits all of us. When the Bible says the wrath of God, the wrath of man 
does not work the what? Righteousness of God. But the Bible now clearly then tells us that there is obviously the wrath of God. So, which is which? It's simple. It's because God, none of God's attributes exist on its own. All of God's attributes are intertwined. The wrath of God is mixed with his mercy, his judgment, and his love. Are you guys with me? The wrath of man will not work the righteousness of God. But it is because God is just, he has wrath. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 32, he says, is it 34? He said that the Lord is good and all his ways are judgment. Some another translation says justice. What this means, if a man, you cannot say a man is good without the man being just. And any system that rewards and does not recompense is not a just system. So, if, God be, if you want to say God is just, he has to reward some. He has to punish some. Amen. Amen. How did I get there? I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> say, sorry, say again. Yes, God's self-centeredness benefits everybody. If a man is self-centered, he is selfish. It is because of his needs alone. But when God is being self-centered, his self-centeredness is mixed with his love. It's for everybody. Are you aware? Like I usually say, I mean, I did a teaching uh, three weeks ago um, called Kadash. Right? That teaching, I, was, I explained how I explained how the things that God has, that God tells us not to do, in hindsight, we then find out it's for our good. Let me start from normal scientific one. I mean, for example, when they talk about circumcision, um, many thousands of years after God instituted circumcision for the children of Israel, we now get to find out that it had health benefits. I'm not even going to go into a lot of that teaching, but when we even find out when the Bible talks about even down to the normal things, cohabiting, for example. I always talk about this because every two market days, it comes up on Twitter. <laughs> cohabiting, for example, statistically, people who cohabit before, married, before marriage have less chances of getting married and have even lesser chances of staying married after they get married. Should I say that again? Yes. So you start a a research was conducted. Um, I think, was it 60%? Only 60% of that, of the number went on to get married. And a large percent of, I think, another six, no wait, only, hey God, about 60% 60 went on to get married. And then I think about the other 60% or so, not really sure now, um, their marriages did not last more than two years. And it's not just one study. There's another one that talks of the American Journal of uh, Marriage and Family, I think. That one, that research basically shows that people who cohabit before they get married, it said that their marriage is characterized by high levels of instability. So when a man is supposed to be joined with his wife and they're supposed to be after they get married, God is wise. Let's even talk about fornication. I like the way everybody's paying attention now. Let's even talk about fornication. You know, having sex before you get married, right? Are you see? Let's be honest. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Let's be honest. I'm live. Let me find a let me find a a two a well mannered way to say this. Hold on, no. I will say it. Are you aware? See where everybody's looking at me. <laughs> Are you aware that okay, let me not say it like that. Are you aware sex can make you stay in a relationship you're not supposed to be in? No, no, talk to me from experience. Are you aware? <laughs> Are you aware? Sex can make you stay in a relationship you are not supposed to be in. Because when people have sex, right, the lady um, exudes a hormone called oxytocin. Is the hormone that bonds mother and child. Is the hormone that builds trust. Is the hormone that builds trust. So when you have sex with the person and you are intimate with that person, biologically, your mind is telling you this is the way work, dearie. You have built trust. 
Even you are seeing red flag, you say, red is my favorite color. Because sex is in, and that's why biology, when God says sex is supposed to be between, you know, I was climbing the staircase of the hotel and I was thinking to myself that men, all the appetites God warned us about, they are dangerous. Very gingerous. I think it's Frank Turek that said this. He said, sex is like fire. It can warm you in the fireplace, but in any other place, it will burn down your house. It's true. Immorality can scatter God's plan. Like a relationship that was God's plan, it can damage it. Are you, you guys don't like what I'm saying. You don't like what I'm saying. Anyways, in hindsight, it's in hindsight we now know that God's plan is wisdom. So that's why when I see these things and I begin to see these um, societal implications, even when we see that if, for example, the one on sex, sex should only be between a couple that is married alone. If we have that, are you aware the conversation on abortion will reduce drastically? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think um, I, I put up the statistic in our last class. I put up the statistic in our last class. I was talking about it. I said, see, when a lot of people now say, well, what if the mother's life is in danger? What if she was raped? What if there's incest? You don't argue norms with exceptions. I think I saw, um, the one I saw, they said, uh, a majority of the people who came to abortion clinics because they were raped was 0.2%. <laughs> incest was, I think, 0.1 or less than 0.1. Uh, what else? When the mother and the child's life is in danger, 0.2. So we need to know that that conversation has nothing to do with this. Are you guys with me? If the mother's life is in danger, here we can have another conversation. But the mainstream conversation has nothing to do with that. But that aside, that aside, we now begin to go into more conversations like when we have things like that, we now begin to see people frame very dangerous um, ideas. We see people that are, what we are doing, we are not married, we are co-parenting. But we know that God's plan is that a man and his wife raise their children. A male man and a female wife. A man that was born male and his female that was born female raise their children with their sexes and genders that are biologically linked. That was God. That is God's plan. And I showed them the statistic also. I was talking about how um, uh, he said I, I wish I still have it I'm not sure if I still have it but he said a large for example um, people who grew up without fathers for example right? Um, they are three times more likely to three times more likely to end up in poverty um, and drug abuse seven times more likely to be abused obesity, health implications, commit suicide, blah, blah. This thing has nothing to do with God's word. It's purely research. And the research was conducted by the National Fatherhood in- Initiative. So, you know, I'm not taking it from one blog, from Linda Ikeji. <laughs> Listen, God's plan, when we look in hindsight, it makes sense. How many of you, show me your hand, there's a relationship the Lord said don't enter. It's two years after you say, ah, God save me. Raise your hand. Raise his hand. Let's see. Raise it now. My hand is up. It's not like I'm raising for solidarity. Sister, your hand is up. Okay. Praise the Lord. So when the Lord says don't do, it doesn't have to make sense. I obey him because he is the all wise God. Amen to God. The miracles that Israel experienced, it was not because of them, but because the plan of God must be preserved. So there was someone in the Old Testament, Isaac just touched. There was someone in the Old Testament called Cyrus. I mean, there was this fantastic king. And then this is what the prophet said, Isaiah 45. He said, Thus said the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus. First of all, Cyrus was a Gentile king. You don't call a Gentile king your anointed. Because Gentile kings were not poured with oil. Are you guys with me? You don't call Gentile kings the anointed. But this is what the Lord said. 
He said to Cyrus, whose right hand I have what? Holding. To subdue nations before him and I will lose the loins of kings to open before him the two leaf gates and the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron and I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I the Lord which called thee by name I'm the God of Israel. First of all, the Bible lets us understand that Cyrus just woke up one morning and gave a decree and said, you know what? Let the Jews serve their God. A, a decree that enabled the Jews serve their God. After Cyrus did it, the Lord spoke. He said, thus saith the Lord, the prophet spoke to his anointed to Cyrus. Somebody is standing back and saying, hold on. Loose the loins of kings. Loose, loose, loins, loose, loose, loose. He said, Two leaf gates open, don't be shot. Open. But somebody just was in line with God's plan, and then God said, I will do this. Listen, God's plan has no respect for prayer. Prayer is to partner with His plan. Are you guys with me? Prayer is to what? Partner with His plan. Prayer is to partner with his plan. Are you aware that there are people who don't really care much about God? But it's God that is aiding them. Why? Because they are important for his plan. They will still die and go to hell if they don't believe the gospel. But because they are important to God's plan, throughout church history we've seen people who just stand up for the cause of God. I read something, God has a sense of humor. I think Voltaire was the one that said, God, Christianity is not going to last a hundred years. He died 50 years and then his house was used to print Bibles. <laughs> so the Lord spoke prophetic words to Cyrus. You know, I heard a man of God say something many years ago. Should I say this now? Okay. Let's go. Deuteronomy 7.22 This is the Lord speaking to the children of Israel. He said, And the Lord thy God will put out those nations before thee by little and little, that thou mayest not consume them at once, lest the beasts of the field increase upon thee. So, God was basically saying that he was going to take out the victories that the children of Israel were experiencing again. It was because God had already spoken. Are you aware? Prophecy is a proclamation of God's plan. Talk to prophecy is a proclamation. You guys are only responding when I call to you. Please respond better. Prophecy is a proclamation of what? Of God's plan. So many of the things that they experienced, right? It was not because they prayed into it, it was because they partnered with God's plan. I heard a man of God say something. He said, He said, He was talking about how to live long, weirdly enough. And then he said, number one way not to die, number one way to die anyhow is uselessness to the kingdom of God. I didn't understand it then. But looking through scripture, I was like, hmm, he has a point. He has a point. Lord, I will not die this year. Why? <laughs> what exactly is your life contributing to the quota of the kingdom on the earth? Why? He said, Lord, increase is coming to my house. Why? God's resources only flow in the direction of his will. Only in the direction of his will. So the children of Israel, God had spoken all these things before them because his plan must be preserved. Because the Messiah must come through the lineage of David and the extinguished Israel, there will be no David. Amen? God had already declared that that is exactly where he will come from. But they would just be experiencing miracles. It was not because they had a lot of faith. It was not because they prayed. It was just because it was God's plan. You know, there's this, there, there, there's this, there are two teachings when it, or two popular, one popular teaching when it comes to faith. In, uh, in the, the other one is implied, so too. But the one popular teaching when it comes to faith in the body of Christ is this, that when it comes to faith, right is the importunity you have to insist you insist and yes there's the part of insisting in god's plan 
But then there is also the part of just, just gliding on the will of God. Just gliding on the will of God. Guys, are you with me? Just gliding on the will of God. There is that part. There is that part of just gliding on the will of God. Because almost every other week I, or every other month, I see some, somebody will send me a DM. You know, how, how are you so young? A lot of people apparently think I'm turning 20 on Monday. But he say, how are you so young? They are right, I'm turning 16. How are you so young and you are doing a lot for God? And then the, the next question, how do I start? Start. If God sent you, start. There is no two steps. This is not business, it's ministry. If it's God's plan, partner, yield. Flow with it. The, the first time the Lord sent us to Abuja, do you know how much we had in ministry account? 56K. But we went to Abuja, we paid for hall, paid for hotel, did program, rented sound, rented hall, rented backdrop, did everything, and I flew back. I didn't trek. I flew back to Lagos. The money did not finish. It was not because there's anything special about me. It's God's plan. A man, you know, I think it's Mark Hankins that said this. He said, if you follow the Holy Ghost, he will make you look smart. If you follow the plan of God, you will look like there's something special about you. You know, I told someone, I, I know someone that told me, he said, uh, you're doing ministry because you just came out of school. I mean, you had partners. Do you know how many people that came out of school with me? He said, so you just, you just, because there's this thing that likes to explain people's successes away. He said, you had people that just, I mean, I mean, no problem. No, everybody, to every man his own, no problem. But look, there is nothing. My father doesn't know the extent to which I do ministry yet. So there is nothing. There is nothing special about me in myself. It's just because I'm following God. If you follow God, He will, he will amplify Himself in you. You will look bigger than you really are. Exodus 3:9. He said that. Therefore, the cry of the children of Israel have risen up to me. It was not prayer, it was cry. It had gone up to the Lord, and then the Lord heard, and because it was time, he had he remembered the prophecy he gave Abraham in Genesis 15. Because it was time, he told he sent Moses. He said, Go and deliver them. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh. Hallelujah. You know. Um, let me even read this one again. Genesis 17. This was, you know, for Ishmael. A word had already come for Ishmael. He said, see, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him. And 12 princes will rise from him. So when they sent Ishmael out of the house of Abraham, please pay attention. When they sent Ishmael out of the house of Abraham and Hagar, they were in the desert. She dropped him so that she would not see her child die. And she went away. An angel appeared. And what did the angel say? He said, I have heard the cry of the lad say prophecy he said I've heard the cry of the lad because of the speaking of God that was upon the child he cannot die at that time the 12 princes must come forth because of Jesus' plan that's why every other child too and under can die but the Messiah must be alive Mary did not go to any she did not say seven keys to align with God's favor she was just a virgin the Messiah was going to come to a, was going to come through a virgin and then the angel came he said be it unto be um, he said be it unto me according to your word the Bible says you have found favor in the sight of God all she found in sight of God was favor when God's plan came knocking she was open she was open. Joseph too, because he partnered with God's plan, unnecessary tragedy was averted from his house. So we read stories that you say, ah, God will protect you. There is a context. There is a context. You know, Jesus sends them out in Luke 9. 
He said, when I sent you out, lack ye anything? And they said, nothing. He said, they didn't lack anything. In Luke 22, he now said unto them, he said unto them, or in Luke 9, he commanded them. He said, and he said unto them, take nothing for your journey, neither slaves, nor script, nor bread, nor blah, blah, blah. Then 22, he now said, when I sent you without purse or script or shoes, lacked ye anything? And they said nothing. A lot of us will read this and say, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches. Did he send you? Are you in line with his will? You know, there's this quote that we use, God's bill is only with God's will. God will only cater for what he sent you for. Guys, you are not here. You know, I'm going to run through this. I thought a, a longer sermon on this called For the Glory of God. For the Glory of God. I think it's my drag class May last year. Longer sermon of this. Listen, Peter. Peter, Jesus went into Peter's ship. Coming. Jesus went into Peter's ship and then Peter's boat. And then he said, let him preach from his boat. Peter had toiled all night. And he said, let me preach from your boat. And Peter said, okay. And then he went and he preached. He just looked. Say, cast your net here. Peter casted his net and caught fish that his net began to break. And then he looked. Let me read what Peter said to you. Peter said, we have told all night, nevertheless at thy word. And I said, nevertheless, at thy word, I'll let down my net. Um, he beckoned their partners to carry it. Look, he said, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the drought of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John and the sons of Zebedee which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto them, Fear not. Henceforth you will what? Catch men. You will catch men. So what did Jesus use that miracle to do? Jesus used that miracle to call their attention and to tell them to follow him. You read Luke chapter 21. After Jesus died, they went back to their fishing. Guys, are you here? Some of us are losing attention. He, he, that he called them back. In Luke chapter 21, he told them, Follow me again. Or rather, they went back to their fishing. And then as they went back to their fishing, as they went back to their fishing, this is something fantastic that happened. Very interesting. Thank you, Jesus. They went back to their fishing. And then Jesus looked at them and said, Do you have any fish? And then he told them, Cast your net. And then they casted their net and they caught so much fish. Peter jumped into the water. He said, It is the Lord. Do you know what these two verses tell us? Not every miracle is an endorsement. Some are to call your attention. Have you ever been so worried about something and God finally God did like an African parent and said, mm, Oh, yeah, take. And then when he finally came, you now start feeling bad about why how worried you were. And why does God do that? It's because it is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. You know, I was trusting God for <laughs> I was trusting God for two I was in Abuja. So two weeks to the end of, what was last month? May. Two weeks to the end of May. I was, we had a lot of expenses as a ministry. I was trusting. I said, Lord, you know what? I'm, I'm trusting you for 500,000 before the end of the month. And God was telling me, increase this thing to 1 million. But in my mind, I was like, Lord, don't scam me, Lord. And then I said, okay. And I said, 500k, no. In four days, the 500k came. And I said, ah, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And before the end of the month, the 1M came. The 1M came. Some of you are looking, 1 million. I won't give you. Anyways, the 1M came. And I was like, wow. That's how God repents. See, there are some miracles that God gives. It's not because he's, endo he's endorsing the way you are going. He's calling your attention. Maybe you don't want to answer the call of God or something that God is telling you to do because you have other fears. 
For example, maybe the Lord is telling you, focus on this, your business. And then you are concerned and worried that ah, this business, there's really nothing much that is in it. And God now brings so much favor. And you now say, wow. So this means I can be juggling the two. No! What God is saying is that, hey, there's something here. Are you guys here? So, Peter did not even take out of the fish. He followed Jesus. He didn't take out of the fish. He followed Jesus. So we say, receive your net-breaking miracle. Ah, yes, I'm talking now. Shake your right leg and say, net-breaking miracle. And somebody, we just get it, but we miss the context. It was not about the miracles. It was consecration. We see the what, we miss the why. we can camp around the things that God does and not know who he is. Even the signs and the wonders that we see, it is because of his plan. They are called signs because they point to things that are bigger than them. The sick will get healed, but you are aware the healed person will still get sick again. The man who is raised from the dead will still die. Those things are a pointer to a greater reality that there is a body that will never be sick again. There is a reality will exist that we will never lack again. That's exactly what God is doing. But many times we are so focused. Are you aware you can come to every meeting and you are trusting for healing, for financial supply? For your work with God is suffering. Your prayer life is centered around you, you, you. Get all you can, can all you get, sit on the can. It's about you. You, 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 you. So you prayed one hour, car, house, babe, everything. My father, my mother is done. It's interesting that many unbelievers can mean a lot to God and believers not. In salvation, we are all the same. But in ministry and consecration, we are not. What do you mean to the plan? You know, I went to a church to minister Sunday morning. He shocked them. I'm glad the way I entered, I did not even smile. I did the protocol, say hey, I just moved. And I just sat down. You know, the, the woman of God was introducing me and I came. I said, Hallelujah. I sang two songs. I said, Open your Bible. Pa, 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 pa. I said, Why do you say you will not die this year? Why? What, why should you be alive? What is your life contribute? Why? He shot them. They're just saying, Wow. As I finish. I say thank you. I dropped the mic. Did like I can't drop this mic because I don't know who the owner. I'll do like that. They call you baby. I dropped the mic and I walked. I sat down. As we were finishing, I was ordering my boat. Let me go to my house. I'm a real or not. I preach. I preach. You cannot beat me. Listen, the story of Peter's net. Eh? They are this the story of the net basically what it is is a testament of his goodness his goodness are testimonies and testaments and what his goodness does is it leads to repentance Elijah he was by the brook Cherith alright he was by the brook Cherith and then as he was there God had already told him that go there and I will, um, the, the ravens will feed you there we always focus on ah yeah child of God it does not matter you cannot be stranded God can send ravens but we forget that Isaiah 46 tells us that he will send the ravenous bed from the feet to what execute his counsel you are not all of God's plan now God's plan cannot surround around um, feeding you go to Allah mommy we are going there after this message. no not all of us will buy for us. it's not a discussion we are doing we miss the context. And then after a while, the word came to Elijah. He said, rise, go to Zarephath. I have commanded a widow to feed you there. Listen. Can I explain something? In this verse, a lot of people don't understand that. Hmm. Jesus basically tells us. He said to no other widow was the prophet sent than the widow at Zarephath. What this basically means is this. When the prophet got there, he told the lady, he said, make for me first. 
and then she did and then he gave her an instruction and then miracles followed Hmm? are you aware any other widow that gave her last meal would die of starvation talk to me now any other widow that did it would die of starvation this is why sowing and reaping works for some people it doesn't work for some people it's not a principle it's a miracle when the Lord stares you you give if the Lord are you aware that when we started teaching right about giving we no longer heard the Lord told me to clear my account am I talking we no longer hear things like that did he change and then that's why we hear mind boggling financial testimonies that it seems like they are scarce if the Lord tells you to give better stop your exigencies and give the principle of creative miracles is that when you work on an instruction not on resources so the Lord told the he told the woman give why because he had God had already appointed that she was the one by which the prophet would survive so in her selling not a few the prophet's portion was there so she had to survive because the prophet must survive in her survival the prophet will survive if the Lord had told you to give an amount to your local assembly and you say this money is not enough that's why it will never be old. am I talking that's why it will never be that's why it will never be enough and apart from that your salary was something your, your offering was something your salary increased your offering was still like that are you irresponsible you are irresponsible and if imagine if the prophet came to the widow or the, the prophet came to the widow and the widow still did not give she would have died now and make no mistake God is not stranded he will raise another person I heard a man of God he said something you know the Lord told him to leave he's a missionary to the US I was listening to one of his stories and then he went there and then he was just talking and he was saying how that the Lord he planted a church that is doing fantastic there and then he was just talking about how when he first got there he was talking of stories of provision and then he said the Lord told him he was telling the Lord I need a car I need a car that can take me and my family I need everybody and then he had been praying but every time he prays he just get peace he had been annoyed how can he be getting peace for six months the car never come and then he had prayed prayed until the Lord told him one day he said I've spoken to five people they've not obeyed I'm working on the sixth person when I heard it, I said, God, if you're looking for somebody, let me be their man. No, don't laugh. It's serious. It's very serious. We don't give to get. Please make no mistake. But God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. God sees. It can confound even a lot of grace preachers that God will say, God loves. Does he not love all of us? But he says that God loves a cheerful giver. So, another reason why Elijah had to survive was because in verse 19, he said, I'm being jealous for the Lord of hosts. Somebody had to stand up and speak for God. And because it was Elijah, Elijah must be alive. So, somebody had to sustain Elijah. Ravens had to sustain when a man is pushed to the wall that is in the plan of God that man must survive he means something to God's plan so he must survive you know my my pastor shared a testimony he said that there is someone who believes that the reason for his business is for the funding of the gospel and then one of his businesses, they shut it down. He drove down and he said, Alpha. And then they said, they said, there's nothing we can do. We shut down the business. The guy went to his car, held his car. And I know where the business is, so he must be very, he must have been very stressed. He went there, he said, it was, so he held his steering. And it's not because there's anything special in the name. Please pay attention. So the problem is when somebody shares a testimony we now think is a pattern 
you'll be frustrated. So somebody says, I call the name of Jesus 1,000 times every night and then I got my breakthrough. You, you will do it. You'll be frustrated. Because, see, the things of the Spirit, one plus one is not always two. If the Lord stares you, follow your stare. John the Baptist came going into the wilderness. Jesus came eating with sinners. Follow your pattern. So somebody else can come. And then, you know, he, he, he was frustrated and he said, he thought, he said, God of Israel and Emmanuel, answer me now. In 30 minutes, they sacked the manager. They restored his business. Everything. 30 minutes. I, I can imagine how he was driving back. Very satisfied. Listen. And a lot of people are quick to now bank on Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first. Listen. If you are seeking, if you are seeking the kingdom because of all other things, you are not seeking the kingdom. You are seeking all other things. But make no mistake. A man who is in line with God's cause God will make his resources for that cause come to that man. Make no mistake. God does not waste resources. So if you think that what this teaching is, is to help you know how to secure divine help, you have missed it. What this teaching is for is a call to consecration. Mind, God, mind God's business. Allow him mind your own. Hallelujah. Mind God's business and allow him mind your own. Jesus. <laughs> when the king, when the Lord came to Solomon in a dream, he told Solomon, what do you want? And Solomon said, I'm a child. He said, I want administrative wisdom to govern your people. And the Lord said, you have not asked for the life of your enemies. But because you have not asked of all these things, he said, I will give you the wisdom and then I will give you all these things. Solomon slept and woke up with an MBA he didn't study. He woke up with an MBA he did not study. Ahitophel went against the Lord's anointed. Ah, But it doesn't matter how wise you are. The Bible says the Lord turned the wisdom of Ahitophel. A man in God's plan is God's integrity to protect. And this may not sound very gracy, but listen, our generation does not know what sacredness is. Because we think we can always tweet what we like. Somebody just tweets and you just respond to the person and say, I don't care what you think. This is God's word. <laughs> Are you aware you can be right yet wrong? Talk to me. A man who is in God's plan is God's integrity to protect. So Solomon, he woke up with this. This is 2 Corinthians 1, 2 Chronicles 1, 7 to 12. See. So just Joseph, when God protected him because of his plan, somebody else can be shouting, Oh Lord protection, protection, protect, cover, under your wings. See, see, the best way to access God's best is to just be in line with him. If you are in line with him, there are many, there are many prayer points you will not need to pray. See, we need to be careful. Sometimes the loudest prayer points are an amplification of our lusts. James said you ask and you have not because you ask and miss. And then he tells us what praying and miss is because you seek to use it upon your own lusts. Lord prosper me so I will show them that you are my God. Praying and miss. You may not even say it but are you aware we serve a God who does not look at the outward, he looks at the heart. Amen. Hallelujah. Heaven's resources find their way to fuel God's plan. 
God's resources only flows in the direction of his purposes. And this is the thing. If you are seeking God because you want his, to secure his help, eh? he will teach you sacrifice so much so that you will be discouraged or you will think every other person that is experiencing it is a liar. I think it was two months ago, even last month, there's an amount the Lord inspired in my heart. He said, give it. I had to be sure. I said, give it to me. Any person? I had to be sure. But once I'm sure, I don't think about it. I just open the bank app. Transfer it quickly. Transfer it first, then feel bad later. Because if you start feeling bad, be sure that money will not go. And when I'm giving it, I'm not giving it because the Lord, because I say, ah, he's the one that can give bread to the eater. No. That verse is not even what people think it means. That's not why. I'm giving it because I love him. He is my Lord. And he owns everything down to the breath in my lungs. If he says I should, are you aware there's a relationship you can have with money that, that can put your life in danger? Jesus said, he said there was a rich fool if Jesus calls you a fool, you are a fool. There was a rich fool. And then, the Bible lets us understand very clearly, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, <laughs> God. Jesus said, he said, when he, he said, I will look at what I've done, he pulled it down. He said, I'm going to pull it down and build bigger ones. He said, oh, you are feeling funky. Papi, go dabalaya. He said, you are feeling funky. He said, today, your breath will be demanded of you. Nebuchadnezzar stood at his balcony and looked at everything his hands have made. He said, look at everything. God sent him to the bush. David came out and then he looked at everything and he saw somebody's wife having shower. And he said, wow. In his ear, he was probably hearing rice, kill and eat. And then he moved forward. And you know, God is dramatic. David can clean, uh, chop, clean mouth. Nathan will just appear in your house. He said, I want to tell you a story. There's a poor man that had one sheep. There's another rich man that had plenty. He said, that poor man killed one. That uh, rich man, he killed that one sheep. And then, or that rich man killed the poor man's own. And then served it. He said, who, who, where is he? We must slaughter him. Nathan must have been watching him. He said, talk, Bamisora, who is he? Who is he? He said, you are that man. Go, calm down. Say, you are that man. It means that there is a way we can idolize our things. We can look at the things our hands. Are you aware? I think I heard somebody, a woman of God, say this. She said, a lot of people have prospered. And then God will look at them and say, this was not the plan. This was not the plan. When God lifts you, will you still serve in your local assembly? When God lifts you, will you still pray? Will you still fellowship? Will God still matter? I went to a secondary school and I was evangelizing and a little girl was telling me, she was saying, you know, I used to be this passionate about God until I grew wiser. And she wanted to talk, I said, no. What do you mean by you grew wiser? Say they're wise. <laughs> Listen, child of God, hear the sound of my voice. Heaven and hell is struggling for mind share on this earth, and how they get it uh, is by the more people. Men are the primary agents on the earth. If Satan has more mind share, he wins more. If God has more mind share, he wins more. What exactly and how does God win? By the cause of the gospel. What exactly is your life contributing to that cause? It does not matter who you are following. Even if it's only Jesus' account you are following, you will see porn on your timeline. Everybody, we posted Jesus. Demons were crying out. Such a powerful name. 
such a powerful name. Even Freezy Demons. Anyways, so. I know I pass out. Anyways, so. Are you, haven't you seen that every time something about the church comes up, people, people bring out their fangs? We don't send you. You didn't die for us. We didn't, we, we put, you see this Jesus, we carry on for head. So this, see, unashamedly, this God, we write down till the end. And I've, I've said it that I'm not doing this thing because I'm young and I don't have responsibilities yet. My children will hear tongues before they know what it is. You can, you can be mimicking daddy's own. Collect. Have the fake. Later you collect the original. Fake it till you make Have the fake. Then you collect the original. Listen. God needs men. And I'm not talking of people in church. I mean people that are active in his plan. On his front line. Again, what is your life contributing to the quota of the king on the earth? God needs men. Say God needs men. What is your life contributing? So we are, we are, we are fixated on give me, give me. Give me, give me. Lord, more cars, more houses, more money, more resources, more, more, more. Relax. The only verse some people know is that he gives us all things richly to enjoy. You can quote 10 verses on supernatural prosperity and provision. What did Jesus do for you? You don't know. Lost. God is just the avenue. For, God is a charm. I had said that if God does not answer prayers again, I will still pray. Because there is no other way to live. During my NYC, I was saying, how do unbelievers do life? Because I was saying, so what next now? I was just dissatisfied at everything. I was like, so what next? Child of God, listen. Can you increase? Listen. God's plan for me is the best place I can be. I don't follow God... Listen, the first reward of following God's plan is not that things worked. It's the satisfaction that God's will is done. So when God says I should give, the reward is not that somebody gave me back. No. The reward of me giving is that is the satisfaction that God's will is done. Amen to God. Amen to God. Amen to God. So right now, all I'm doing, that's, that's the end of my sermon. Listen, longer than that, but that's the end. Let's just pray for it. Listen, that's the enemy. <laughs> Listen, God's plan, God's will, God's bill. God is not committed to anything that is not his plan. God is not committed to anything that is that not his plan. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My life will count for him. I will not, you know, when the Bible says in Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11 it says by faith some received the dead back to life. Talked about Jephthah. He said time will fill me talk about Jephthah and Barak. Time will fill me talk about these wonderful people. He says by faith all these things happened. He said but by faith some did not receive deliverance. It means that they willfully sacrificed their life for death. So when people's stories are being called in the annals of eternity, they say by faith, be they me married a fine wife. Had a car. Had a house. Did his best and died. My life will count for eternity. And he starts in the little things. Look at what the Bible says. Jesus, I'll end with this verse. Peter, when Jesus said he's going to die, Peter rebuked him. And Jesus said, there's an echo on this mic. Jesus said, he said, get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God. 
so somebody beside you is probably paying attention and crying or rejoicing at the meeting and you're like waiting they worry this one satan because you are not savoring the things it is an abomination for any other thing to have more of your delight than god For thou savorest not the things that be of God. God's delight is my delight. I trust you were blessed by the teaching of God's word. Nelson Hagan Ministries is a mandate that seeks to see men saved, trained, and sent. For more ministry content, visit us at c.me forward slash Nelson Ihiagwa and for contact details follow on Instagram at Nelson Ihiagwa. God bless you.